1: The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com.
2: This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com/simmons. Once again, v u o r i.com/simmons.
3: Hello and welcome to the Ringers Philly special. My name is Chris Ryan. I'm an editor at
0: TheRinger.com, and I'm joined as always by Raheem Palmer. What is up, Raheem? What's good, man? I'm. It's very disappointing loss last night, but you know I can't really be mad because I mean this team has kind of exceeded my expectations over the past month, and we haven't had too many bad losses. So I'm, I'm just, I'm glad this team is fighting without Harden and Maxi. That's all I can say. <laughs>
3: last night was a real oh it's the basketball season like sometimes you just turn the tv on and you're like they're down what now <laughs> like when you yeah. turn it on in like the second quarter and you're like huh did i did i like miss something did somebody get hurt but no it was just the Cavs shooting the lights out uh the sixers lost to cleveland last night one we're gonna talk a little bit about that we're gonna do a little quarter season kind of survey we just want to see how we're feeling about this sixers team which is you know, I say it's a, it's a basketball season. This is very much like a basketball team. They're currently fifth in the standings. I feel like they are a better team than Indiana, so you can safely assume that at some point we're going to get above the Pacers in the standings. And then, I don't know. The the, the reason why I was so excited about this Cavs game, Reem, is that Harden or Maxi or no, the Cavs have now kind of established themselves as, I don't know if they're in like conference finals contention. It, I, I, I wouldn't rule it out. But they are certainly the third best team in the Eastern Conference this season, and they are they are themselves battling some injury issues as well with Jared Allen out, out. Um I wanted to just get your thoughts. Like, what did you what did you see from this Cavs team last night?
0: I mean, the Cavs were just they were they were hotter than July, pretty much. Like, I mean, as Stevie Wonder would say, you know, like they shot sixty percent from the field, fifteen to twenty nine from three. It just felt like one of those games where they just had it rolling and we did. And, you know, our team was six to 20, 26 from three. And, you know, in the modern NBA, if a team is going to shoot like that, uh, if, if they're going to shoot like how they, sh- they shot and we shoot like how we shoot, it, it, you just can't win. But, you know, I think some of it was just variance at the end of the day. Um, but, I mean, the Sixers' defense just wasn't there like we've seen in the last month. I mean, the Cavs took 45% of their shots at the rim and made 80% of them. So it's just like that's that's not something that you're going to see every day. I just think it was one of those nights.
3: Yeah, it was. I think that there's an element. One thing I would note was that the Sixers have had one of the best three-pointer defenses, three-point defenses in the league. And uh, that came back down to earth a little bit. There's some good stuff in Derek Bodner's newsletter today, The Daily Six, about that. And I thought, that, you know, the, the, for as much as the three-pointers and the three-point shooting from the Cavs will probably be the story and the transition offense and the lack of transition defense from the Sixers, which I'm sure we'll talk about in our, in our season review, I would just note that uh, Evan Mobley and the gang packing the paint and daring the Sixers to shoot scared me a little bit. Because oh, yeah. this is, we're about 20-some so some games into the season, and the book on the Sixers being like, let these dudes shoot, they can't beat us, is a little bit unnerving for me. That, was, that would mean, be like the biggest concern I had coming out of this.
0: I mean, it's definitely unnerving, but I mean, when you look at, it's basically two guys at the end of the day who can't shoot. It's P.J. Right. Tucker and... And Thibault, um, yeah, you know, Melton's not going to go one for four from three every day. Um, Niang not going to go one for four from three. House the same, so it's just it just felt like we got some poor shooting variants on that end. But it is a concern when you have when you play PJ Tucker or Thibault in the lineup, it's like I mean, we we spoke about this before. PJ Tucker, it's like we bring him over to be a three and D guy, and he's brought the defense, but he hasn't brung the, the shooting. And, you know, yeah. at some point, we don't know if he's e- even going to be playable in certain series in the playoffs or so if you're going against certain teams because they'll leave him wide open and just, you know, you know, double Embiid or, you know, focus on Harden. So it's, that's, that's that's tough for me.
3: Any uh any Mobley thoughts? Mobley's one of my favorite NBA players right now, so I was curious whether or not you had any thoughts about watching him last night.
0: Oh, man. I mean, I, it's, it's not too many other – it's not too many, like – there's so many superlative, superlatives I could use to describe Evan Mobley. I just, I'm always been a big fan of him. I mean, he was dominant last night, you know, so <laughs> just on offense and defense. So it's just, <laughs> Dude, you know, for me, defense, it was just, he gets a lot of plaudits for
3: his defense. Go ahead though. What were you saying? What were, what you were know, you just about You say? know, for
0: me, it was like, one of the reasons why I was excited about this matchup is that, you know, MB has historically dominated this Cavs team, especially with Jared Allen out there, you know, and missing Jared Allen, last night. I just thought he was going to have a huge, huge night and it it just kind of got away from them. So, um, you know, I think that speaks to Evan Mobley really.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, one of the things I really admired about what Mobley was doing out there, I think it was at one point in the third quarter and he might've been out there with a second unit lineup or a mostly second unit lineup. And he gets a lot of dap for his defense and his ability to guard one through five and to just kind of make up space on the court with like two strides, which is just really, I mean, if you ever want to have like a really, really educational basketball night, watch a Cavs game. Don't watch the ball. Don't watch the scoreboard, watch Mobley and watch how he covers ground. And especially last night I was watching him on offense and he was directing the offense. He would be like, "You go here, you set this pick, you space there. And I was like, this kid's IQ is through the roof. Um, so I have a little bit of Mobley jealousy, but it's okay. It's all right. It's just one of those nights. We don't have to dwell on it that much. I did want to bring up uh, one quote from after the game that I thought was pretty interesting. So, Sixers started off the season with at full strength, with a a somewhat sickly Embiid, but more or less full strength. Right? They have their Maxi Harden and Embiid, Tucker, Harris lineup, and one of the concerns that we had earlier in the season was especially the transition defense, but just the defense in general. And then pretty much corresponding with Harden going out, the Sixers, the old me came back, you know, <laughs> they, they, their old defense came back to life and that was obviously uh, a product of the Sixers had been switching a lot when Harden had been in the team and then they stopped doing so when Harden went out of the lineup. So Embiid after the game was asked, uh, you know, cause Harden's due to come back, I believe this weekend um, and they asked Embiid, like, what do you think is going to be the impact on the defense and, and, and what do you, whether they're going to change their philosophy back? And Embiid told reporters, we're not switching. Obviously, we have a system in place. I think at the beginning of the year, the mistake we made, we tried to go one through five a lot. And we, are, we were okay doing it. Like I keep saying, I can do it, but that's just not what I'm good at. I'm good at being around the rim and protecting the rim so we have
0: a formula. Thoughts? I think the formula works. I mean, even when you look at, you know, like, when you look at what they've done since Harden's been out, I think, what are they, they're the third in defensive rating, they're only allowing 108 points per one to possessions. And, you know, like, you look at that Suns game, they were blitzing, you know, Devin Booker at times on the pick and roll. So, it just, it feels like they've found some sort of defensive identity. And at some point, you kind of got to just stick with what works. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not really a big fan of when you have a guy like MB, you really don't want him switching. I mean, I think you see the same thing with Rudy Gobert because, you know, there's so many perimeter oriented scorers out there. Do you really want MB switching repeatedly on to one of these guards? And so I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think Harton's just going to have to show a little bit more effort on the defensive end. And, you know, with Maxie out there, he doesn't have to do as much ball handling. He's not He doesn't have to be the guy he was in Houston where he has to carry the whole offensive load. So yeah. I don't see any reason why, you know, we can't stick with, with what's working right now.
3: Yeah, man. Come on, James. Save some of that effort for defense.
0: <laughs> yeah. We know
3: it's in there somewhere. Um, all right. So we could put the Cleveland game to bed. Uh, the Sixers have. So the Sixers have off till Friday, and then they go to Memphis and to Houston. And then there's talk that we get Harden, Harden back for next Monday at Houston, the homecoming game for James Harden. I'm sure he'll be warmly welcomed back in Houston. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's something to look forward to and I'm sure next Tuesday when we talk we'll have, we'll have some thoughts on the return of Harden. we'll keep an eye on the, the switching versus playing straight up thing.
2: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports, I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear. Especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of active wear V-U-O-R-I dot com slash Simmons.
3: But let's take a look at this season in general. So across the Ringer Podcast Network, on Bill's show, on group chat, on on Mismatch, we've been doing a lot of like, okay, about 20, 21 games, 22 games in, quarter season in. This is where the wheat separates from the chaff. This is where the regressions begin. This is where everything kind of settles. Gravity kicks in. The Warriors get good. You know, Utah comes back down to earth. Like all the things that that we thought would happen in the NBA season. So I thought it would be a good ch- time for us to talk about where the Sixers team is at. We've done like four or five of these shows. They've, they've kind of v- varied from being hysterical after losses to excited after uh, wins without Embiid, Maxi, and Harden. So we've had like a wide variety of shows, Raheem, but I thought we could just start here. What would you give the Sixers overall season
0: so far as a grade? As a great, I'm going to say a B minus. Because I think if any, if, when we spoke about how the Sixers would perform without MB, without Hart, and without Maxi, we we thought this team could fall off a cliff. You know, since Hart and got injured in a Washington game, Sixers are 8 and 3. And you know, they've fixed a lot of their defensive issues. They still have some transition issues, I mean, that we saw last night. But for, you know, them to be this successful, and they've had some good wins in there. I mean, they've beat the Suns, who, I mean, it's rolling over everybody. They beat the Milwaukee yeah. Bucks. So yep. it's just like, I, I, I kind of have to just give Glenn credit. I have, to, I have to really give him credit for how he put this team together. And, you know, it's just like, you know, Tobias Harris has stepped up. Shake Milton, who's like, he wasn't even playing. He Out stepped of the rotation. up huge, yeah. so yeah. So it's just like I, I got to give this team a B minus for where they are, considering their health their health issues. I
3: will give them a C just because people were talking finals, and I think that those that those expectations coming into the season. Mm-hmm. I try not to let that stuff get to me sometimes, but it did, and yeah. I kind of wanted to see this co- team come through and just kick a lot of ass and. I was going to ask you next what you thought our best wins were. You mentioned Phoenix. You mentioned Milwaukee. It's weird, but my favorite win of the year was definitely Brooklyn on the 22nd of November without Embiid, Harden, and Maxie. We had, like, a pretty fun show after that game. And, um, you know, they've put together some three-game winning streaks, but they, they have not seemed like a dominant basketball team, not in the way that Boston has, not in the way that Milwaukee has, not in the way even Cleveland has at times. So it's kind of like – I think we're, 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 right, right, we're at a C. And I think the only yeah. thing that kind of creeps me out a little bit is for the rest of the roster, what the basketball that they've been playing for the last like 10 days, two weeks with Embiid when he's been healthy has been a little bit more like what I kind of assume Sixers basketball is supposed to look like. And then the, I still don't feel like Harden's been integrated into this team completely yet, you know? And obviously, yeah. him missing the month is is unfortunate, but I think that almost like as much as it's a C, it's an incomplete because I still don't know what this team is when they're at like their maximum potential, when they're reaching their maximum potential.
0: Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. I, I I don't I don't even know like what this team's identity is gonna be when they have everybody together. Right. Just because no one's been together so so long. So it's just like I think that's like to me I think they're clearly like a step below the the Celtics and the Bucks, um, it still remains to be seen about the Cavs. But I think the Cavs are closer to that top tier than the Sixers are. And I, I think the Sixers might you...
3: be appropriately ranked right now. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, which
3: is a which is a little bit of a disappointment. But given the basketball that we've seen this season, fifth feels about right. Yeah,
0: it, it definitely does.
3: Uh, <laughs> So as far as best win, did you have any others? I, I had I had that Milwaukee win in November, and I had the Brooklyn win in November.
0: To me, I, I think it's by far that Milwaukee win because Maxie was, like, going ham in the first half, and then he gets hurt, and you need a bunch of guys to step up. And, you know, they, they not only stepped up on the offensive end, but they, they really shut down that Bucks offense, which has, I mean, been rolling. So, I mean, I think by far that's my favorite win of the year just because I, I, I think – when you lose a guy like Maxie and Hart and is already out, you're not expecting, you're not expecting them to pull out that win. And the Bucs were up double digits in that first half, even with Maxie. So, you know, they, they lock – what does my guy always say? Locked all windows and, and shut the doors. That's what they did. So <laughs> I, was like, I was really excited about that. Do you have a worst loss? Oh, by far, San Antonio. Oh, my God, I hated that game. <laughs> I hated that That's game. by far the worst. They're like, out of all the losses, that that's the game you can't lose. And that, losing that, to that, San that Antonio at home, yeah, and that put us at zero and three. It's like after losing to the Bucs and losing to to the Celtics. I mean, Bucks, um, losing to the Celtics and losing to the Bucks to start the season, you can't lose that San Antonio game. I think they were ten point favors that that game, and that was also
3: uh, that was also Phillies beating the Padres 10-6, I think uh, in in Game Four of the NLCS, so it was like. Everything was going Philadelphia's way except quiet is kept Philly lost to San Antonio with the Spurs on the second night of a back-to-back.
0: Yeah, that, that was bad. And and it, it just it felt like the Phillies were almost like keeping Doc's job alive. <laughs> like the Phillies and the Eagles were just so successful that you know, every no one really cared that Doc was like all right, why are you losing this game?
3: <laughs> this is—I'm serious, man. Like that—that that was like that whole run that happened at the beginning of the season, where it was like the Sixers are allowed to like play with like one shoe off for like the first two weeks of the season. Was it might—I I mean, I'm sure that Daryl's made of stronger stuff than to be like, oh, we lost a few games at the beginning of the season. It's like everything is kind of leveled out, and I think that that's good. And I think that there's some credit due to Doctor do, for doing that. Who's been your favorite player this season?
0: Hmm. This is tough. Um This is really, really tough. I- I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, like I-, I wanna say like this is really tough just because I think so many guys have stepped up. I I gotta highlight a couple guys. I mean I mean like Go to for me Shake Milton Shake Milton right now. I mean for him to just be out of the rotation and for him to come in during that Milwaukee game and now he's I mean over the last eight games, he's averaging 21 points per game on 45% from three and shooting 55% from the field. This guy was out of the rotation, not being played at all. So I got to give him some credit. I got to give Tobias Harris some credit because, you know, like he was seen as the fourth option behind mm-hmm. MB, Maxi, Harden. And, you know, he stepped up. And, you know, it's just like it looked like Brooklyn was going to, like, find their way back into that game when Tobias. And um, Harris got hurt and he came back into the game and, and closed that game out. So um, I got to give some credit to him. And then I, I really liked how the, um, De'Anthony Melton has played off the bench. Like, it's just, I mean, he's been solid. So it's just like, it's been a collective effort from, you know, the non-stars on this team. So I gotta, got to, like, I, I just, I think they're holding down the fort. So those are yeah. my favorite Sixers. I, I would say that Maxi at
3: this point is my favorite Sixer. Like, buy, that's the guy I'm buying the jersey for from. But like, yeah. you're right that the collective effort of the second unit, the guys who were falling in and out of the rotation, even like over the last ten days, B-ball Paul, uh, like, yeah. and being allowed to go out there and make mistakes, being allowed to go out there and show what he can do, and be this kind of springy, athletic big that the Sixers have been crying out for for. Honestly, like since Embiid has gotten there, or at least since New Orleans Noel has left, like to to not have that kind of athletic big to back Embiid up, I would love it if Doc. I would take, I would take five full losses that were Paul Reed's fault if it meant Doc was like letting that dude out go out there and make mistakes and learn learn how to play an NBA game so we could have him in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean that that's that's always been the criticism of Doc. He just doesn't play the young guys and, and give them a, a a chance to shine. And it's just like, if it weren't for injuries, we wouldn't be seeing what Shake is doing right now. And for whatever reason, like when we had Hart and when we had Maxie, when we had mb all in the lineup, our bench was a struggle. So yeah. to see these guys thrive right now, it, it's an indictment on Doc. And it's just like, he really needs to just, you know, play these guys and see what you got from them, put them in positions and empower them. I mean, I think that's, you know... When he left the Clippers, I felt like Lou was an upgrade because that's what he does. I mean, you see guys like Terrence Mann, who's really been able to shine with the Clippers, and he's a a key part of that rotation over there. Um, a key part in, in taking them to their first Western Conference Finals when Kawhi Leonard got hurt. So I just want to no, see who's, a little
3: the, bit more. who's the kid that that Ty had out there against the Blazers the other like Diabate from, from Yeah, Michigan. that was, was like, crazy. Where'd you
0: find and, this guy? And I mean, he like I mean they were down seventeen points. And he was a big part in their comeback. So I just I think that's really important. Um, what's been the biggest headache for you this season? Um, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say injuries because I I just think if you if you're not healthy that, that that shapes the whole entire season and it's just we haven't had our starting lineup like almost ever. And then even when you when you look at what started the season, MB came into the, to the season out of shape. He was into the season, out of shape. Then I, I say in October, Hart, um he he bangs up his um, hamstring again, and then a, about a week later, Maxi gets hurt. So it's just mm-hmm. like we've just we just have had guys in and out of the lineup all the time. You know, Embiid has had the flu, or you I mean you you resting guys on the back to back. So it's just I want to see this full team, and I like I I want to see. I want to see what they look like. I want to see what their identity is. And we just haven't seen it. So I think that's the most frustrating thing for me.
3: The only like solace I take is that like most NBA teams have had to deal with that. Like, so whether yeah. it's the Clippers, even like the Cavs to some extent, whether it's, I mean, gosh, like really the Celtics have been the the sort of one team that's been able to just throw their best guys out there with the exception of Robert Williams um, every night. And they've obviously got the record to prove it, but it's been that weird season where like the non COVID illness factor is now become like a pretty serious thing. I mean, like, look, I play fantasy basketball and almost every night I've got like three guys out with like this dude out due to illness, you know, whether it's bones Highland or Paul George or whoever it is shout out to my fantasy team. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just been a complicated season. It's like the kind of post COVID world we live in. Um, what do you think is, uh, I would say actually for me, the biggest headache has been, uh, I, I was trying to figure out how to phrase this. I have it written down as the fourth man, but I I, I think I kind of mean the your turn, my turn offense. So yeah. they're related in the sense that the Sixers have a very kind of like, when the Harden and Embiid are playing, it definitely feels like it's either going to be a Harden possession, an Embiid possession, and or a Maxi possession, right? And even the Maxi possessions, I think, are like uh, almost bursts of energy more than they are like set plays to get Maxie a shot or like, or clearing out so that Maxie can get a drive. And because of the construction of the offense that leaves Tobias Harris with very little opportunity. And he's kind of forced into this, like make a quick decision, Tobias, because you may not get the ball back. And this is your, like one of your 12 shots tonight or 10 shots tonight. But then when we got that one glimpse of him kind of running things, against Brooklyn that night and it was just like wow if you give Toby the ball at the top of the key he can kind of just like power drive down gets to the line he can shoot from all over the floor and when he doesn't Mm. have to think about whether he's allowed to shoot or whether he should be like getting this ball back to Embiid or Harden he just looks a lot better and I think I don't really have that problem watching other teams because it feels like they're playing part of an offensive system. Like There's a flow to the offense, and it's like, hey, if you have the yeah. good shot, take the good shot. And for the Sixers, I feel like there's a little bit too much of a hierarchy about like who gets a shot when, and then when it mm-hmm. trickles down to Tobias or that fourth position, whether it's Tobias, it's PJ, it's Cork, it's or, or Furk, it's, it's Daniel, Daniel House, it's Melton, whoever it is, it's. It, you rarely see the guy, who, the fourth guy, explode for a night and have like a great night. Yeah. And it always feels like a little strained. And I think, I think that predictability is going to be a little bit of a, of, a, of a problem going forward. So that's been my biggest headache. Is kind of maybe the predictability of the offense.
0: I can see that. I mean, is that a product of you know who our stars are? I mean, we got Mb who. You know he's a little bit of a ball stopper, and I mean, and hardens it all. We all time know about hard. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like it feels like that's a product of who our stars are. Um, I also think when it comes to Tobias Harris, he's probably overqualified for his role. Yeah, in this system, unfortunately, like he's a guy who, like, when you look at James Harden, he's a guy who is used to playing with spot up shooters. You surround him with four shooters or three shooters in a in a big, and he's gonna find the open guy. Whereas just Tobias Harris, he's not your natural catch and shoot player, and and I think a lot of times you, you you never saw you never saw him let it fly, and he can do more than you know just be a catch and shoot guy. So it's kind of he's kind of in a frustrating position um, having to play next to Harden, and I, I think that's something that a lot of stars could probably. Um, have trouble with as well.
3: <laughs> how, often, how often do you find yourself watching Tobias Harris and thinking about how it could have been Mikael Bridges?
0: Oh, my God, all the time. <laughs> I mean, and it, was the, it was the storybook, like, draft pick. I mean, a guy who, you know, went to Villanova, um, hometown kid. His mother worked for the Sixers. I know. Like, I know. Brett Brown. But just even
3: the idea of a guy, not only young – but a three and D guy who's got like a high, like a room for improvement, but wouldn't kind of feel like, well, we got to get Michaela's looks tonight. We got to get, yeah. the, you know, it's just like, Hey man, just stay in the corner. You can get to, you can get to the rim if you want. But for the most part, like this is a Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Deandre Ayton show. And like, you know, this that that's not dissimilar for what the Sixers have. It's just sometimes I feel like Tobias doesn't fit into that role the way somebody like Bridges would. I mean, like I would, I would, bite your hand off for bridges right now um let's keep going with with our survey here what was been, what's been the most
0: pleasant surprise of the season most pleasant surprise um honestly it, it it has to be this this eight and three um stretch i mean by far that's the that's the most pleasant surprise for me um fighting through but, the injuries yeah yeah just playing through the injuries um you know i i think there's one thing i wanted to touch on um when it comes to you know, one of the things I was just most disappointed in. I th- I think it's by far PJ Tucker's offense. Um, you know, I, I look at the numbers and he's shooting forty percent from three, but it just doesn't feel like he is. You know, especially like well, look at just, last night's game. Yeah. I, mean,
3: I don't know <laughs> how many attempts he's had, but it's it's yeah, not like, he's but like it, firing a lot, yeah.
0: Yeah, but it just it just feels like we need more from him offensively, or he's he just can't be in the lineup. I mean, as good as his defense is, it's just how how are you going to keep pace with some of the, the offenses in this in this league? Yeah, if what, he's not contributing.
3: But what's PJ's like? What is his minutes per game right now? Because I feel like we're also ironically like we are also relying too much on him. <laughs> like, like he's like he's almost at, he's at, th- like,
0: at twenty eight minutes per game, almost at thirty minutes per game, and he's yeah, that's points. a
3: little high for where I like him to be considering his age and where we what we need from him in the playoffs. Like I I the twenty I, I'm okay. I guess I'm okay with it, but like I feel like more often than not, I'm looking up at a game and it's like PJ P. Tucker's in the thirties, so I'm. I that must be, there must be a couple of games there that were blowouts or something, and he got rested. But yeah, like that. That's a, that's a little too much for me.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's tough because the Sixers are winning with defense right now, and with, with PJ Tucker and Joel Embiid on the floor, they have one of the best defensive ratings in the league. So. <laughs> So it's just, it's it's kind of a pick your poison thing. But I think, you know, at some point you got to be able to score efficiently. And I, I think his play this year, and maybe that improves when Harden is back. Maybe. Harden, he's he, he's good at feeding him the ball. So, I mean, I think that's something that, you know, we have to look out for.
3: So my most pleasant surprise so far has been what we've so far gotten from Paul Reed. Um, okay. You know, like he's he always been kind of like a, Die Hard fan favorite he's got the b-ball paul nickname i think people see a lot of potential in him but it's been kind of like smoke and mirrors for a little while where nobody really knows what they're gonna get and it seems like his mistakes are really bad which makes it hard for doc to get him in the game uh doc letting him rock for a few weeks here and and go out there and just his his performance is you know he is he, basically responsible for three or four of my favorite plays of the game. And then three or four of my least favorite plays of the game. And <laughs> I can live with it. Cause it's just like that, that player type is somebody that we need uh, very badly. I think.
0: Yeah. I, I like, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, but you gotta, you gotta let him take his bumps and I, I think his energy and his effort, um, it, it's, it's, it's key for us. So, um, I like seeing him get minutes over Montrez. So I'm I'm glad. I'm actually surprised that Doc is actually going to read as much as he has because you know I think I texted you during the Brooklyn game. If he closes this game with Montrez, I'm really gonna like. Well, be upset. so that
3: gets to my my uh, my biggest disappointment of the season, which is House and Harrell. Um, mm. You know, House is. I think he'll probably like play himself into like a little bit better of a role, but like you start to wonder why he was available, you know. Sometimes when you watch, and then yeah. w- with Montrez like I don't know. I mean, I, I I think he's kind of he's a he's he's got a reputation as a good regular season player that then gets like tactically like played out of the games in playoffs. But I I just don't feel like he's like found his groove yet with Philly.
0: Yeah, I I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but I mean. I think a lot of that could be Harden as well. Like so many of these guys are just
3: are Rockets, to, yeah,
0: yeah, they're Houston Rockets. So and if I mean they're used to Harden spoon feeding them the ball, getting them open looks, and if Harden's not there, you know this is fundamentally a different team. So House has definitely been a disappointment. I mean, I'm I never really been a big fan of Montrez. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, you know, even when he was. You know, in his six man of the year days, I mean, I thought he was a a, a good microwave scorer, but I didn't feel like he was the guy for this team. So, I think he can be a good
3: I, player on a bad team. I don't think he can be a good player on a good team. Or that's exactly how I feel. On a good team. Um Yeah,
0: unless, unless you're talking about you know one of those you know fringe playoff teams, that's pretty that's pretty much it.
3: <laughs>
0: uh Do you have uh, a thing?
3: What's, what's the biggest place where you see a room for impl- improvement on this team? The biggest element of the team where you see a room for improvement?
0: Oh, it's, I mean, it's definitely the offense um, by far. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's where it is. I mean, we're 19th in offensive rating. Um, I think a lot of that will come when Harden. you get either Harden or Maxi back, yeah. but our offense has to be better.
3: No pressure, James.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I would say transition defense, but I'm not sure I have a solution for that. Um, yeah some of that's effort and some of that i wonder whether or not it corrects itself somewhat in the playoffs when things get a little tighter and every possession matters and every possession is contested and maybe we focus a little bit more on you know we give a little bit more effort in offensive rebounding or we we work a little bit harder about stopping guys leaking out Uh, garland and mitchell were destroying us last night that way just by like Le- leaking out after after plays and just being there for hit aheads. But um that's been that's been pretty like troubling watching the Sixers just get run off the floor. That's probably been the biggest room for improvement is just whether it's hustle, you, you whether know, it's you know so at funny.
0: Le- I feel like they've improved from where we started. Like when oh, we first yeah. started the season but like they were when 29th. you, but
3: I think when they've played against good teams, good teams
0: yeah. beat them by running all over them. That's true. That's that's, that's definitely true. I mean but you know if they've gone from 29th to eleventh. Um, I think a lot of that goes hand in hand with the offense, because yeah. at the end of the day, it's a lot easier to stop the opposing team if, you know, they have to pick the ball out of your net every time. And I, I think that's been like those two things will go hand in hand. If the Sixers offense is rolling, you'll see the, trans- the transition defense get a little bit better. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we've improved, but I, I do agree with you. We have to be a lot better because the, the Boston's and the Celtics and the Bucks will run us off the floor.
3: Yeah, so we basically. It sounds like we have our mood is improved. We're psyched yeah. about this eight and three run. We're looking forward to seeing what happens with Harden. That's that's the general yeah. gist of everything. So Reheem and I will come back uh, next week. We'll, we'll jump on after uh, Harden returns against Houston. Hopefully, um, as as you heard, regime giving this team a B minus. I got him at a C. We're both we're both like learning to love Doc Rivers in our own ways. And, uh, yeah, a lot, lot, of, lot, of, lot of room for improvement, but so far,
0: like, a pretty interesting and enjoyable season. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I, I, I think, you know, these are the teams that, that Doc thrives with. When, when everybody is hurt and there's no stars, for whatever reason, I mean, that's when he thrives. I just want to see him, you know, put it together with all the stars. Um, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm really hopeful. I mean, we got a nice stretch of games coming up. I'm not, you know, speaking of transition defense, we got the Grizzlies coming up next. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, that that's a team where... Your, your transition defense has to be on point because, you know, they're not one of the strongest half-court teams. They're a team who, you know, they get out and run with John Morant. So uh, hopefully they can put things together a little bit better than what we saw last night against the yeah, Grizzlies. Yeah, another good test.
3: The Cavs were a good test. So the Grizzlies will be a really good test. But I find that the Sixers, more often than not, like, you know, like I think that they rise to, they rise t- to the, the level of the competition that they play. I mean, last night is an exception, but – I do think that against the Bucks and against the Suns, they, they played some of their best basketball, so hopefully the same will happen with the Grizz. Thanks to Raheem, as always, for joining me. We'll be back next Tuesday. Uh, everybody have a great weekend.